Well, hello, River Glen. Hello, River Glen, Waukesha. Hello, River Glen, Pewaukee. Hello, River Glen Online. Wherever you're joining us, I pray you're doing well, having a great summer so far. My name is Jared Walker. My family's been involved here at River Glen for several years. In fact, 10 years ago, uh, we were part of a team that helped start Legacy Christian Church in Menominee Falls, one of the church plants of River Glen. And my family now calls the Pewaukee campus our church home. And though uh, because of my work, my travel with CFR, Christian Financial Resources, I don't get to be there with my family as much as I would maybe like. Thank you, Dave and Sharon, for serving there, for providing a place that our family can call our church home. Mentioned that I work with CFR, Christian Financial Resources, a ministry partner of River Glen. We are a, a nonprofit financial ministry where you can put resources, you can invest your savings somewhere that you can get a better rate of return than often other places, while also knowing that while it's there, it's just helping churches, so it's a win for you. It's also a win for the churches that we help. We provide loans to churches like River Glen, and we're often able to reduce the interest rate a lot and allow the church to deploy more dollars to ministry and missions, just like here at River Glen. So if you'd like to talk more about that, feel free to grab me after the service. But one of the things that is kind of fun about the travel that I do with CFR is getting to try different foods at different restaurants as I travel. Now, to be good stewards of the resources God has entrusted us with at CFR, I have some guidelines on how much I'm allowed to, ex to, to expense for each meal, right? And occasionally, I'll check out a, a restaurant online that I've heard is maybe good. I'll look at the menu and see the prices and realize, ah, oh, that's probably not a good option for staying within budget. Have you ever done that? Sticker shock a little bit with a restaurant? Well, that leads me to an article that I read recently about some of the most expensive menu items you can find around the world. For example, pizza. What would you consider an expensive pizza? 30 bucks? Well, in New York... There is a pizza that you can order at Industry Kitchen in New York City. It will cost you $2,700. It's called the 24K or the 24 karat pizza. It's called that because not only does it include caviar and truffles, those really expensive French mushrooms, it also includes 24 karat gold leaf on the pizza, which apparently is edible, okay? Talk about uh, a dangerous impulse buy. The good news is you can't be the victim of an impulse buy on that because you have to give at least two days' notice to the restaurant if you want to order that pizza, which is good because you need that time to take out a second mortgage on your house so that you can afford the pizza. Well, in Las Vegas, there are plenty of options when it comes to picking a, a good burger, but only one burger will set you back $5,000. That's the Fleur Burger at its namesake restaurant, Fleur. One of the reasons it's so expensive is that it's made with Wagyu beef. It's a Japanese beef that costs about $100 per pound raw. So talk about a golden calf. But to get the most expensive, one of the most expensive menu items in the world, you wouldn't go to New York or to Vegas. In fact, you'd need to leave the country. You'd need to go to Sri Lanka to the Fortress Resort and Spa. With a minimum 24-hour notice, you can order a dessert that will set you back just a tiny $15,000. It's called the Fortress Stilt Fisherman Indulgence. 
It's named after that handcrafted chocolate stilt fisherman that you see there as part of the dessert. It includes a bunch of ingredients I don't know how to pronounce. But one reason it's so expensive is it includes, as you can see in the photo, an 80-carat aquamarine gemstone. Okay? Forget he went to Jared when she can say he ordered me a fisherman indulgence. Okay, maybe not quite the same ring to it. Well, now that we're hungry for food that we can't afford, let's get to the heart of what we're going to be talking about today. We're in the third week of a series looking at what is probably the most famous prayer recorded anywhere in the Bible. Jesus gave it to his followers as a, a model prayer. We sometimes call it the Lord's Prayer, but it was meant to be a model or an example prayer that he gave to his followers. We're going to focus in on one line, one sentence, one phrase from that that includes a request for food, not a request for a $2,700 pizza or a $5,000 burger, but simply a prayer for daily bread. In fact, as we've done each week in this series, we want to go ahead and get the words of this prayer on screen, and let's pray this prayer out loud together, okay? Here we go. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Today we're going to focus on that third line, give us today our daily bread. And if you missed uh, previous weeks in this series, I encourage you to go to River Glen's website and listen or River Glen's YouTube channel. You can listen there as well and catch up. The first week, Ben talked about adoration in the first line of the prayer. And last week, Sue looked at the second line of the prayer talking about surrender. Today, we're going to talk about petition and intercession. A couple words that we'll unpack along the way this morning. As we look at this phrase, give us today our daily bread. And let's start with petition. Petition is just a fancy way of saying asking for something. So petition in prayer is the part of prayer where we are asking God for something. The past couple weeks, we've looked at how before Jesus gave the model prayer, he actually spent some time talking to his followers about how not to pray and here's part of what Jesus said in those instructions a few verses earlier. When you pray, don't babble on and on as the Gentiles do. They think their prayers are answered merely by repeating their words again and again. Don't be like them, for your Father knows exactly what you need even before you ask him. Now there it almost sounds like Jesus is saying, don't bother telling the Father what you need because he already knows. But then in the example prayer, the model prayer, a few verses later, he says to pray, give us today our daily bread. So which is it? Do we not need to say what we need because God already knows? Or should we ask for what we need? Well, here's the thing about petition, about asking God for something. We don't ask God for something because he doesn't know what we need. As Jesus said, he already knows. But asking God for something, the petition part of prayer is really about indicating our dependence on God. It's acknowledging to God, hey, we need you. Dependence. You see, 
the model prayer, as we look at this prayer, we're going to see some challenges when it comes to depending on God. That's really the focus of what we want to talk about today. That asking God for something is about dependence on him. Give us today our daily bread teaches us to live our lives with a total dependency on God every single day. Now when you hear that word dependency, it's probably not positive things that come to mind. The word dependency has some pretty negative connotations. Things like chemical dependency, codependency. Or maybe somebody comes to mind who is maybe dependent on you in an unhealthy way. Someone that that almost sucks the life and energy out of you. They are so dependent on their interaction with you. We as a culture, we actually strive for the opposite of dependence, right? Independence is what we value. Think about it. We turn 16 and we are so excited to get our driver's license. Woohoo! We have a little bit of independence from mom and dad, right? We no longer have to depend on them to get us everywhere. And mom and dad appreciate a little bit of independence too, right? Hey, take your sister to wherever and while you're doing that, pick up some milk on the way home, right? Parents appreciate that additional independence. We go to college, even more independence. No longer under the rules and household of mom and dad. We are now adults. Maybe not responsible adults, but adults with a new measure of independence. And then we enter our career. We start climbing the corporate ladder. And our ultimate goal is financial independence, right? In fact, as Americans, the document that is considered the founding document for our country is called the Declaration of Independence. Independence means strength, and we almost take the opposite dependence to mean weakness. So perhaps without realizing it, we have a natural tendency to pursue spiritual independence as well. We may not say it out loud, but inwardly we can think to ourselves, sure, I need, I need God's help to get to heaven one day. God help me there. But on the day-to-day stuff, like I think I got this. I can handle this. This is something Jesus teaches us here, that we need to lean and move toward dependence on God for even daily things. And this is not the only place Jesus teaches this. We see it over in John chapter 15, where he told his followers this, apart from me, you can do nothing. Pretty strong words from Jesus. And we can possibly read those so that they almost sound like a jab or a cheap shot or a put down. Like Jesus is calling us weak. Like he's saying we can't take care of ourselves apart from me. You can do nothing, mere mortals, right? But C.S. Lewis in his book, Mere Christianity, wrote this. A car is made to run on gasoline and it would not run properly on anything else. Now God designed the human machine to run on himself. He himself is the fuel our spirits were designed to burn or the food our spirits were designed to feed on. There is no other. And so dependence on God, it's not a sign of weakness. Dependence on God isn't a crutch or something to avoid or feel embarrassed about. On the contrary, dependence on God improves our lives. It should become the goal of our life rather than independence. Dependence on God makes us stronger and better followers of Jesus. So this morning, I want to challenge you with four ways that this prayer, give us today our daily bread, four ways this prayer challenges us to depend on God. First, it challenges us to practice 
daily prayer. That's why Jesus gave us this phrase as part of this model prayer. Give us today our daily bread. Now, in the original language, the word used here for daily, the only time we find it in the entire New Testament part of the Bible is in the Lord's Prayer. So because it's only used here, I pulled some dusty books off my shelves. I spent a couple hours researching in the original language what this word means, some of the root words that are tied to it. And after a, a thorough reading, a thorough analysis of this word, here's my conclusion. The word here that is translated daily, it means daily. There you go. Four semesters of biblical Greek, two semesters of those four days a week at 7 a.m. And that's all I got for you. The word translated daily means daily. But here's why I spent so much time researching it. The fact the word daily is used here is important. Jesus didn't teach us to pray for our weekly bread. He didn't teach us to pray for our monthly bread. He asked us to pray for daily bread because he wants us to depend on God every day. And that's why we're inviting everyone to join us in 21 days of prayer beginning the 1st of August. There's some instructions that are going to come up on screen on how to sign up. You'll get daily text messages to help you engage in daily prayer during those 21 days. We've already had over 300 people sign up for that. So don't miss out on that. You can send that text message now to, to get in on that. See, Jesus challenged us to pray and depend on God every day. And here's one reason that I think this is important. I can tell you from personal experience. When we don't pray each day... We carry an extra burden, an extra weight of worry and stress and anxiety. And if I asked us to put up our hands, I'm not going to, but if I asked us to put up our hands, how many of you in this room worried about something this week? I think all of our hands would go up, and I, uh, if, if not all, most, I know mine would as well. I mean, we worry about our health, we worry about our children, we worry about our finances, we worry about our jobs, we worry about our personal safety. And we might try to overlook the effect that that worry and stress and anxiety can have on our lives. But listen to some of the statistics I came across. According to Harvard Business Review, 60 to 90% of all primary care doctor visits are connected to conditions caused or made worse by stress. According to the CDC, over half of all deaths of people under age 65 in the U.S. are connected to stressful lifestyles. Annually, over $800 million is spent on anti-anxiety pills. And though the U.S. accounts for 5% of the world's population, we consume 33% of the world's anti-anxiety medicine. That's according to Neurogen. And then we don't need numbers for this, but we certainly know people, maybe we are people who turn to self-medication. Maybe we drink a lot. Maybe we turn to drugs. Maybe we work too much. We overeat. We binge Netflix. We play video games excessively, all trying to find an escape. But in the Lord's Prayer, Jesus gives us one response to the stress and worry and anxiety in our lives. And it's not... Just try harder to relax. Jesus says, pray daily and ask God for bread. Ask for what you need. 
If a decision is making you nervous, ask God for wisdom and direction. If you feel anxious about a medical test, ask God for a good result. If you worry about losing your employment, ask God for security and peace in your workplace. Ask for whatever you need. Philippians chapter 4, the early church leader, the apostle Paul wrote this. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation by prayer and, there's our word, petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. And so one of the best ways to worry less is to pray about everything. Here's a little nugget of truth that's worth writing down. If it's big enough for you to worry about it, it's big enough for you to pray about it. And God can replace your worry with peace and confidence. Again, daily dependence on God is not a weakness. It really does make our lives better and stronger. Sometimes, though, here's what happens. Maybe we do try to to bring our petitions to God. We try to ask God for what we need, but it seems like he doesn't come through for us. Or maybe you're kind of wrestling with something that you've been praying about uh, recently, and you're wondering if God hears. It doesn't seem like he's answering. So here's a second way that this part of the Lord's Prayer challenges us to increase our dependence on God. It's a challenge to appreciate the difference between our needs and our wants. See, when Jesus taught us to pray, give us today our daily bread, the word bread probably refers to our basic physical needs. Things like food and clothing and and shelter. And I think we can have a tendency to fill our prayers with the things that we want instead of our needs. But don't get me wrong. Hear, Hear this. Please don't misunderstand me. God wants to hear about what we want. The Bible actually teaches us to pray about our wants. Jesus compares it to a child asking their parent for something. Wouldn't a parent want to give their child not just the basics of what they need, but even beyond that? And wouldn't God want to do the same thing? God cares about your wants, but there's still an important difference between our wants and our needs, even when we pray about big stuff. God, heal my sick relative. God, help me land that new job. God, help my child deal with this difficult situation at school. God, fix my spouse and hurry up. All right? Again, it's not bad to pray about those things. But sometimes we fool ourselves into thinking that our wants, our needs, that they're the same thing. And it can create a little bit of a challenge. God may give us our wants, but his promise is to provide our needs. I have to say, looking at at my life, looking at my family, God's done an amazing job over the years meeting our needs and even many of our wants. And it can be pretty easy to take it for granted. I look in the refrigerator at home, in our freezer, our pantry. We have a lot of food, right? We don't just have today's food. We have food for several days, maybe, maybe weeks. Uh, I do have six kids. Two of them are boys over the age of 17. Maybe we have days of food, okay? But it's not just basic food for survival either. It's not stocked with MREs. There's like some good stuff there, some tasty stuff. Now, at our house, ever since we lived in New Mexico, a couple years after Joanna and I got married, our, the first full-time ministry church that we served was in New Mexico. Our three oldest kids were born there. And where we lived, it didn't matter what restaurant in town you went to, there, there was bottomless chips and salsa everywhere, okay? So one of the basic food groups at our house is chips and salsa. 
we always have those in hand. And we have discovered that not all chips, not all tortilla chips are created equal. The hands-down favorite at our house is these right here, Chi-Chi's tortilla chips, okay? Now, the Chi-Chi's restaurants, they didn't fare so well. They haven't been around for a while, kind of got a bad reputation. But Chi-Chi's tortilla chips, all right, these right here may be evidence that God exists and he is good, all right? God has done some amazing things in meeting our needs, but he has gone even beyond that. We not only get our daily bread, sometimes we even get chi-chi's. So when we pray, give us our daily bread, I think included in that prayer, understood in that prayer, should be gratitude and appreciation and thanksgiving because of how God has up to today provided for us, provided daily bread. So I think that petition, give us today our daily bread, is not just about asking for something. I think it's also about experiencing contentment and joy and appreciation for what God has already given. Teaches us not to get consumed with pursuing our wants, but instead to pursue the one who's done an amazing job meeting our needs. Maybe someday these words written by the Apostle Paul will ring true in my life. Philippians 4, we often quote the end of this, but we pull it out of context. Here's what Paul said. I know what it is to be in need, and I know what it is to have plenty. I have learned the secret of being content in any and every situation, whether well-fed or hungry, whether living in plenty or in want. I can do all this through him who gives me strength. What we often do is we pull that last sentence and we say, whatever it is that I want, I can do all this through him who gives me strength. But what Paul was saying was, whether I have little or I have a lot, whether I have only my basic needs or I have more than even what I could want, in all that, I can do all this through him who gives me strength. Contentment. Sometimes contentment is a dangerous place when we start to take it into a dangerous area called comfortable. We need to depend on God, but when we get to a spot that we are comfortable, we can become independent again and forget about dependence. And so here's the third challenge from this part of the Lord's Prayer. To, to help increase our dependence on God, put yourself in a position where you need God to provide. For some of, us, some of us, the reason we don't feel dependent on God moment by moment is because, honestly, we're pretty comfortable. Not just physically, but even spiritually, and we kind of like it. Comfortable is a place of independence where we feel like we don't need anything outside of ourselves anymore. But when Jesus taught us to pray, give us today our daily bread, think about the life he was living at the time. He'd likely abandoned his career, his source of income as a, a carpenter if he'd taken on his, his father's work. He traveled around teaching and performing miracles. And back then they didn't have McDonald's or Culver's. They couldn't get Chi-Chi's at Woodman's. Jesus had put himself in a position where he depended on God to provide for his needs, even his daily bread. In fact, when someone came to Jesus one time and said, teacher, I will follow you wherever you go, 
Jesus' answer was this. Foxes have dens and birds have nests, but the Son of Man, referring to himself, has no place to lay his head. He didn't own a home. Jesus' life wasn't comfortable. It was a life of daily depending on God to provide. And so if you find yourself in a place of physical or spiritual comfort, let me ask you, what would a step of faith look like for you? What would make you stretch outside your comfort zone? What type of risk could you take that would cause you to depend more on God? Maybe it's a relational risk where you invite someone into your home who's very different from you. Someone maybe who's far from God and and you pray, God, I don't know how you will use my life in the life of this other person, but I'm going to take a relational risk and do something uncomfortable for me. God, I need you. This is part of my daily bread Today, I'm going to depend on you because I'm doing something that I wouldn't normally do. Or maybe it's a volunteer risk where we go out on a limb and we say yes to to volunteering here at church or somewhere in our community. And we, we say, God, this is the daily bread that I need today. Give me what I need in this situation. Daily dependence on him. Maybe you're comfortably, you're comfortable financially. And you say, God's been great in providing resources for us. So as a step of faith, we're going to find a cause or a purpose. We're going to give away some of our resources to the point we feel a little uncomfortable. And we have to depend on God for some basic aspects of life. I'm so grateful to folks here at River Glen who over the years have put themselves in a position of dependence on God financially. So they can help move forward the mission of making more and better followers of Jesus. Again, dependence on God isn't weakness, it's strength. It's a quality that God uses powerfully. And that brings us to what may be the most difficult challenge from this part of the model prayer. A challenge to help answer this prayer for each other. As we pray the Lord's Prayer, have you noticed in this model prayer, this example prayer, the pronouns that are used? Always plural. There is no I or me, or my in this prayer. It's always us, and we, and our. Jesus didn't say, give me today my daily bread, as how we should pray. Give us today our daily bread. If I'm a follower of Jesus, and I pray this prayer with integrity, I'm part of the us, the us of the church, the us of the world in which I live. And so I don't ask just for my needs. I should allow my life to be aligned with God's will so he can meet the needs of others through me. Petition, asking God for something, it's not just about meeting my needs. It's also about intercession. There's our other word for today. Intercession. Intercession is about asking God to meet the needs of others. See, a part of asking God for things should include asking for others. And here's where this prayer can start to get challenging for us. Because we need to acknowledge that give us today our daily bread takes on totally new meaning. If you're a single mom of six children living somewhere in the developing world. It takes on whole new meaning for millions of people who don't know where their next meal is going to come from. In some places, give us today our daily bread is a matter of life and death. For many of us here, scarcity of bread is not a challenge for us. We have an overabundance of bread. It's not that our stomachs are empty. It's that we suffer from the emptiness of ceaseless consumption. 
And a church leader in the fourth century, St. Basil the Great, put it this way in a sermon centuries ago. The bread that is spoiling in your house belongs to the hungry. The shoes that are mildewing under your bed belong to those who have none. The clothes stored away in your trunk belong to those who are naked. The money that depreciates in your treasury belongs to the poor. So we need to depend on God and at the same time be living proof to the world that God can be depended on. Have you ever thought as you're praying for the needs of others that maybe God is preparing you to be a part of his answer to that very prayer? What if in praying for someone who's struggling with the overwhelming grief of the loss of a loved one, what if God is preparing you to be a source of comfort to them? In praying for someone who's battling addiction, what if God is preparing you to walk aside that, alongside that person on the journey of recovery? In praying for someone whose marriage is struggling, what if God is preparing you to help bring about restoration to that relationship? We have some ministries here at River Glen that are about being an answer to those kinds of prayer in the lives of others. We call them care ministries. They include ministries like Grief Share, Marriage Mentoring, Celebrate Recovery, Stephen Ministry, Safe Families. If you'd like to get involved in one of those care ministries, just grab a Connect card in the seat pocket in front of you. Fill that out. Indicate you'd like to be a part of care ministry. If you're online, uh, type in the, the comments or uh, complete the online welcome card and indicate that you would like to be a part of one of those care ministries so that you can get some more information. You know, just this last weekend at River Glen, we had a, a chance to step out and serve others at an amazing event called Night of Stars, organized by the Special Friends Ministry here at River Glen. I got to host the red carpet. Let me say, it was an amazing night. And in case you missed it, here's a highlight of that night. One of the most amazing evenings I've had in a while. I mean, there's just something great about, about moving to meet the needs of others because God has met our needs and now he's using us to meet the needs of others. Give us today our daily bread. And my hope, my prayer for all of us this week as we pray the Lord's Prayer is that it will never just be words that we recite without thinking. Jesus taught us to pray in a way that affects our relationship with God and, the, and ultimately affects the way we live every day. And so praying this line, give us our daily bread, it really can inspire us to depend on God more by praying daily for what we need, by appreciating the difference between our needs and our wants, by taking a risk and depending more on God, and ultimately reminding us that we can help answer the prayers of others or our prayers for others. And maybe you're here today and, and you're ready to take a risk and be baptized. We talked about baptism bash that happened last night. Do you know what? It is not too late. If you're in the room at Waukesha, the baptistry is ready. After the service, just head to the table where the towels are. We have everything you need, shirts, shorts. Somebody will walk you through the whole process. If you're at Pewaukee, after the 1030 service, same thing. Go out to the table with the towels. Someone will walk you through all of that. If you're online, it's not too late to come to one of the physical campuses and, and to do that. Uh, if you're joining from California, it may be tough. Uh, but everybody else, you can get here. And we would love to celebrate with you in that way. Would you think about maybe taking that step as I pray for us? Father God, thank you that we can depend on you 
for everything we need. Food, shelter, health, family, friends, a, a church community. God, you meet all of our basic needs and so much more. Thank you for meeting our spiritual need. Father, if we're honest, we all have to admit that we've turned from you at times. We've, we've tried to live independently and do our own thing. We've acted like we don't need you. Father, you knew in advance that we would choose this. And so you sent your son to die on the cross for us so that all our sins could be forgiven and we could have a relationship with you. A relationship that impacts us now as we depend on you daily, but also a relationship that impacts us throughout eternity with you. Father, thank you that we can depend on you for what we need. And may we depend on you every day. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. There's a rule, there's a rhyme, move along and the rest will follow. I 